It is Wednesday, October 4th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The streak is over. And a comeback win for the Diamondbacks. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. First round of the Major League Baseball playoffs got underway last night. And the Twins snapping the streak, AJ, for the first time in 18 postseason games. Well, 19 postseason games because the Twins had lost 18 straight and they finally get a postseason win, beating the Blue Jays 3-1 yesterday, taking a one game to none lead in their wild card series. How huge was them snapping this streak for their confidence moving forward? I mean, was it the first time since 2004? Is that yep. what I heard? I, I mean, that's huge. I, I said I couldn't believe in this team until they proved that they can win a, a playoff game. And well, they did. So I, I think if, it, if it's convince me that they've got a chance it's got to it has to have convinced them so uh yeah confidence should be high for that squad pablo lopez was great but it was royce lewis who was the star in this one uh former number one overall pick royce lewis homered twice (laughs) in this game and uh, michael a taylor with a couple of great catches in the outfield and that was it like there wasn't much offense in this game i thought gosman pitched well i thought lopez pitched great and literally, it was the home runs that was the difference. Lewis homered a two-run home run in the first, a solo home run in the third, and then that's it. Kevin Kiermeyer drove in a run in the sixth inning, but that's all the Blue Jays would get as the Twins win 3-1, to one, take the one-game-to-none lead, and now the odds have significantly changed in their favor for this series. They are minus 340 Ooh. to win this series because a lot of it has to do with the the odds on the game today. They are a minus 142 favorite today with Sonny Gray on the mound against Jose Barrios. And that's the thing. They have a massive pitching edge in this game today. Now, should they uh, lose and and the Blue Jays force a game three on Thursday, you would think it would be Chris Bassett going for the Blue Jays and then for the Twins, you're looking at Joe Ryan or, or Kenta Maeda. And, you know, I don't know who I would give the advantage to there. It's probably a lot closer than Sonny Gray against Barrios today for sure. Yeah, no, no doubt. But it, it, Sonny Gray is just – we've talked about him being a force at home. Mm-hmm. This is a, a bad sign. And a lot of the Blue Jays pitchers pitch better at home as well. Maybe I, I didn't account for how important home field advantage was in this series. Yeah, and, and that's the reason why they were a slight favorite going into the series. But with Gosman going in game one against Pablo Lopez, it was considered to be even. And I thought that the winner, whoever won game one, um, was not necessarily, or maybe I should say this. I felt that the Blue Jays won game one, and I picked the Blue Jays to win game one. I didn't think that the series would be over. I thought that this was a three-game series all along. Now, I'm not so sure because I do think Gray has an advantage, but I'm telling you, the Blue Jays are going to fight. They're going to hit better uh, in this game today, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see a game three on Thursday. Well, it'd be, it, it would be an upset, certainly, obviously knocking off Sonny Gray, um, but it may, 
I, I, I may have changed my mind. I may have flip-flopped. I know I said I'd be shocked if the, uh, if the Twins won this series, but after taking game one and now knowing they've got Sonny Gray going next, mm-hmm. uh, I, 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 I think my mind has been changed. Minus 340, the Blue Jays plus 280 on the comeback. Uh, the home team losing game one yesterday. The Rays falling to the Rangers 4 nothing. Jordan Montgomery pitched an absolute gem. He winds up going seven shutout innings, striking out five. He did not walk a batter. He gives up six hits. And the Rays, uh, they defensively were awful. Uh, a postseason franchise record, four errors in the game yesterday as the Rangers probably should have scored more runs. They left 13 runners on base in this game yesterday. Tyler glass now struck out eight, but he uh, allows six hits, four runs, three of them earned. He walked five batters. The Rays bullpen did a decent job, but the offense was non-existent against Jordan Montgomery and Araldis Chapman and LeClerc to finish off the game for the Rangers. Now, the one concern that I have for Texas going into the game today is that they don't like Araldis Chapman going back-to-back. And so by using him yesterday, I don't know if Araldis Chapman's going to be able to go today for the Rangers. That would be the one concern that I have. But then again, I did say that I don't trust Araldis Chapman, so maybe that's not Takes one of your concerns away, right? Yeah, maybe that's not a concern. Uh, The Rangers are now minus 250 to win this series. The Rays are plus 210 on the comeback looking at the matchup for today it is zach eflin going for the rays and nathan yavaldi pitching for the rangers the rays are minus 166 for today's game rangers with yavaldi plus 140 on the comeback yeah we talked about the 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 rays pitching was the advantage that they had in this series the rangers winning game one on the back of strong pitching is certainly a surprise and it Based on the pitching matchups, it won't shock me at all if the Rays are favored in all, you know, if there is a third game, they'd be favored in the third game too. Sure. Um, but it, it's this was a, a, a win that I think they absolutely needed. They beat the Rays' best pitcher, and now now they've given themselves a chance. They'll be dogs in, in both games, but, I mean, it, it, anything can go. Uh, it, it's it, they'll. This was the biggest pitching mismatch I thought that they were going to see, and, and they, they came out of it looking awesome. Yeah, and, and that's uh, bad news for the Rays, but just takes one win today, and then they'll be favored, like you said, in Game 3 on Thursday. How about the Diamondbacks beating up on Corbin Burns and beating the Brewers 6-3? to three. Uh, This was a 3-0 Brewers lead going into the third inning when Corbin Carroll homered, and then Marte homered, and then later in the fourth, Moreno homered, and the, and, and the Moreno shot was a bomb shot. But they beat up on Corbin Burns. Brandon Fodd gave up uh, three runs he, in, on seven hits. He only went two and two-thirds innings. They got a lot from their bullpen. They used six pitchers out of their bullpen to finish this game. And you know what? So did the Brewers. The Brewers went to a ton of pitchers. Corbin Burns only went four innings in this game. But the Diamondbacks stealing the uh, game one. They win six to three. Now the odds for the series, Diamondbacks minus 250, Brewers plus 210. And looking at today's matchup, you got Zach Gallon on the mound, Freddie Peralta for the Brewers, and the Brewers are minus 135 favorites Ooh. in this game today. Give me Zach yesterday. I gave out uh, to pregame.com clients. I gave out the Diamondbacks plus a one and a half. Today, I don't even want the plus a one and a half. 
Give me the plus 114. Diamondbacks are winning this game behind Zach Gallen. Yeah, I, I think the big moment in that game last night for the Brewers Diamondbacks was the Brewers loaded the bases, no outs, and Brian Terang thought he got hit by a pitch. He starts to walk to first. They review it. They say, nope, didn't hit you. It's a ball. Mm-hmm. He strikes out, and then on the next play, they line into a double play where Evan Longoria makes an incredible play. It looked like 2005 Evan Longoria. <laughs> and uh, and that now instead of a tie game with the bases loaded and no outs, it was suddenly, you know, the inning's over and you got zero runs out of it, and the Brewers never really threatened again. So it was a – that was – that moment, I felt like in that that fifth inning, really shifted the way the whole game went. And I think the Woodruff injury for the Brewers is going to be, you know, the death knell because now Freddie Peralta has to start game two against Zach Gallon with your season on the line. They're he's going to have a short leash. They're going to go to the bullpen early, uh, but I think Gallon can give the Diamondbacks length, and that's going to be the difference in this series. I was I was going to ask, do you think the Diamondbacks were so willing to go to the pin early because they knew they were they were going to ride Gallon sure. no matter what sure. tomorrow? Sure. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. Like if you say, hey, even if he struggles, that's our guy tomorrow. Yes, that's what they were thinking yesterday. Yep. It Mm -hmm. makes more sense to uh, to have a short leash on in game one. So, yeah. And then you got Merrill Kelly scheduled to go for game three. So I think the Diamondbacks are in a great position. The biggest uh, odds move is now the Phillies, who are minus 500 to win the series against the Marlins and they will look to finish out a two game sweep with Aaron Nola on the mound today against Braxton Garrett. <laughs> Nola and the Phillies are a minus 155 favorite. Zach Wheeler last night was Zach Wheeler. I mean, he was tremendous. 6 and 2 thirds innings only allows one run, strikes out eight. The one run that he did allow came in the seventh inning where he should have gotten out of it with no runs allowed. There was a ground ball to first base where Bryce Harper, for some reason, was playing in. Now, Harper's still learning first base, so I give him a kind of pass on it. But Harper's playing in. He dives for the ball, and he misses it. Bryson Stott fields it. But Wheeler was late getting over to cover first. So it should have been a ground out to end the inning. Instead, he's on first base. And then there was a a later, you know, next batter or two batters later, a ground ball to third base that was fielded by Alec Bohm on the dive. But he just couldn't get the ball out of his glove. And by the time he threw it over to Harper at first, the runner was safe and that scored a run. I think that Wheeler should have Wheeler. Listen, they still won the game. They won four to one. Wheeler pitched great. I don't even look at that one run he gave up and say, oh, man, Wheeler gave up one run. Dude probably should have pitched seven shutout innings against the Marlins last night. And then, you know, Kimbrell, you know, he makes it fun, but, uh, you know, he he (laughs) gives up one hit, but he gets locks it down. I thought Alvarado and Hoffman were great out of the bullpen. That's the strength of this Phillies team is their bullpen. I thought the third base coach cost them two runs in this game in the first inning. The Phillies had second and third with nobody out. So uh, Schwarber leads off the game with the single, and then Trey Turner doubles. And my goodness, how hot has Trey Turner been ever since the fans rallied behind him and gave him that standing ovation when he was struggling? Playing like an MVP again. He's playing like Trey Turner MVP candidate. Uh, So Turner hits the double. It's second and third with nobody out. And then Alec Bohm flies out to right field, and the third base coach holds Kyle Schwarber at third. Now, I understand the mentality. It's the first inning, and you have Bryce Harper coming up. 
But at that point, you had the opportunity to just like the crowd was incredible. You could have delivered such a big blow to the Marlins early. And instead, what happens is, you know, Harper gets out, Real Muto gets out, and there's no run scored in that inning after you had second and third with nobody out. And that just gave the Marlins a ton of momentum for the next two innings. So I thought, and then there was a situation later on where the Phillies scored one run and he sends uh, Castellanos home and Castellanos gets thrown out at the plate a great throw by Jazz Chisholm, who's playing center field. So he cost them one run should have scored on, you know, um, on on Schwarber score on Schwarber staying at third. And then Cassiano should have stayed at third instead of going home there. And then later in the game, it's a three one game. Bryce Harper's on first base and uh, Castellanos gets a hit and Harper runs through the stop sign at third base and scores the insurance run to make it four to one. They wound up not needing the insurance run, but still that's a huge run that they scored in the bottom of the eighth inning. I think the Phillies got something going, AJ. Uh, I, I really do. I mean, this team is they're They're using the experience that they got last year by going to the world series. And they're looking to do what a few teams have done. You know, we've seen the Astros do it. We saw the Royals do it recently, which is lose the world series come back the next year and win it all. And I think the Phillies are very capable of doing it. Well, of the teams who lost game one, who is most likely to come back and win the series? Uh, It's the, I think it's close between the Rays and the Blue Jays. I would give the edge to the Rays just because they're home. So they have the home field advantage and there's the, you know, the the blue Jays are going up against the lesser pitcher. I mean, the the better pitcher in, um, in sunny gray. So I think if you're looking at the matchups here for, for Wednesday, obviously Eflin going up against Yavaldi, I like better than Barrios going up against gray and the odds show you that, right? I mean, the Rays are minus 166 today, whereas the blue Jays are plus 120. I know the Brewers are favored, but I don't think they should be against Zach Gallon. So I don't. That's have a surprise. That's a surprising line for sure. I think the Rays have the best opportunity. So if you're so inclined, you want to sprinkle a little bit on the plus two ten, or you want to do a mechanical and just bet them to win today, and then bet them to win tomorrow. I think that they have the best opportunity if they put things together because the, the bats were certainly quiet yesterday. I think they have the best opportunity. I picked them to win the series before the series started, so I'm not going to back off of it now because they lost the game. Well, guys, we've made it. We now, starting today, Scott, get 50 consecutive days of football. That means we're going to be getting Tuesday matching. We're getting Wednesday nights. We're getting third. It's every dang night, and I love it. So Yes, we have college football or pro football every single day, starting today, for 50 straight days. A uh, couple games today, and listen, they're not all going to be pretty. Okay, we can't <laughs> beggars can't be choosers. We've got we, you're going to have some ugly games. Florida International, New Mexico State, and here's what I'm going to say about this game: the total feels a little bit high to me. Uh, Forty nine and a half. Eh, it's not for me. So, it, the, the, these are two slow teams. New Mexico State runs constantly. 30 over 31 seconds per play and Florida international is not going to let you pass. So I I think that Florida international is going to hold down this offense. 
but their offense is no good either. Uh, I, I just think this is an ugly game. I lean towards New Mexico. Don't have a side. I, my my favorite play on this game would be the under. You you have anything in this uh, thrilling matchup between FIU and New Mexico State? New Mexico State stinks. Um, <laughs> but then again, I bet against them earlier this year, and it, it bit me because I actually took a worse team in New Mexico against them. Uh, I guess you can say if there's a quarterback that you trust in this game, it's you know Diego Pavia because uh, I guess we've seen him play in games before but no i want no part of this game i want no part of this schedule tonight even the other game missed middle tennessee against jacksonville state this is ugly football yeah jacksonville state uh at middle tennessee state middle tennessee minus three and a half the total in this one is 52 uh and i honestly i'll probably look at an under again here if i were to play it uh these are both just dreadful offenses and Middle Tennessee's used, they were bad against the run when they played Alabama, but they've been better since. Um, Middle Tennessee was. I bet against them last week with Western Kentucky. Oh, me too. Yeah. So it, these are, these are, again, like I said, we're, we can't complain. There's going to be bad football games. Jacksonville State versus Middle Tennessee State. This is a bad football game. Florida International and New Mexico State, they're bad football games but they're football games on a Wednesday night. What else were you going to do? Watch I don't baseball. Think, yeah, you're going to watch baseball. Now you can watch some football. Uh, <laughs> maybe you'll still watch baseball. I don't know. But it, it, we've got uh, we've got a couple games tomorrow that are a little more palatable, slightly mm-hmm. more palatable. Um, so we'll, we'll get into those then. But, yeah, it, it's the first night of 50. Let's not, let's not throw all of it out and say, oh, we don't need football every night because this is bad. Let's just take what we get and be well, let's happy do this. about it. Let's do this. Let's start the path to 50 and 0. Okay. okay. We're going to do this. We're going to come up with one best bet per day for the next 50 days. Oh, boy. Day for the next 50 days of football. All right. Which means that when we do the Friday show, we're going to have to give out the Saturday play and the Sunday play. Are we going to so, do one each or one combined? No, one combined. Okay. We're going 50 and 0 here on Straight Out of Vegas AM. <laughs> All right. I wish McKenzie were here this morning so he could tell us the probability of that is like 0.05 or something yeah, like that. Of course. Right? It's impossible. But still, it'll be fun. So uh we'll we'll call it hashtag SOV50. And we're gonna start the path to 50 and 0. And we'll start with uh well, I guess we'll start and finish because we'll lose tonight. But let's go with the <laughs> under. 49 Florida International New Mexico State. How about okay? That, that works All for right. me. I, I like okay. both unders. I I think I like the other one a little more, but again, okay, both, then that's fine. They're Listen, both trash. Pick an under. Pick an under. I will go with either of the unders. You want to overrule let's, me? Let's go with the other under. Let's go with the under. There's 52 and a half on the board right now. 52 okay. and a half. And let's do that. Under, Jacksonville State, Middle Tennessee. Okay. Hashtag SOV50. The path to 50 and 0 starts now. Middle Tennessee. And Jacksonville State tonight, under 52 and a half. Officially play number one of 50. We're oh, good? boy. Yep. I cannot wait till we get to like 49 and 0, and then we drop that last one. <laughs> At that point, I'm retiring. Uh, let's go around the country. Some big news in college football. Iowa quarterback Cade McNamara is out for the remainder of the season with a torn ACL. But, AJ, you think this might not be a bad thing for the Hawkeyes? 
Listen, it's not great ever to lose your quarterback, but what I was saying was clearly Cade McNamara's knee was hurt before last week. Yes. God bless him. He was tough. He was he was grinding it out, but he was not Cade McNamara. This isn't what they signed up for. Uh, he tried to tough it out and got a full tear. Uh, the drop off here to Deacon Hill, who didn't look great last week. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think the drop off from a 65 percent Cade McNamara to a 100 percent Deacon Hill is as great as people think it is. And right now that the, the number is Iowa minus two and a half hosting Purdue. So I was the home team. They're laying two and a half. I have Iowa five points better on a neutral field. Mm. So they, they're they saying the downgrade from McNamara to Deacon Hill is like five points. And I, I just, I can't get to that. So um, I, I, I like Iowa quite a bit in this matchup, even without McNamara. I think everybody's going to say, well, Iowa doesn't have a quarterback. Their offense stunk already. Iowa's offense is still going to stink. That's not how Iowa wins football games, though. Uh, so I, I like Iowa minus two and a half. It was one of the best bets on our college football podcast that you can hear on RJ Bell's dream preview feed. Other quarterback news. NC state is going away from Brennan Armstrong. They will start MJ Morris against Marshall this weekend. I mean, how bad has Brennan Armstrong been? It, mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty wild. I can't blame him. I mean, you've, you Five feel like touchdowns, you, six picks. Yeah. He's, he's just been a disaster and sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, you hate you hate it for the guy who you know played a full career and then transferred as a graduate and then that's that's the result he gets. But he, he's just not very good. Um, and he's certainly not as good as he he had been the past couple years. So uh, tough break for them. But they, I, they've got to make a move. They they're they're dead. Like we saw in that in that Louisville game, they they really shouldn't have even been in that game. But um, if they if it if they had decent quarterback play, they probably win. So yeah. it, it's uh it, it pretty. Pretty disappointing season for him. Checking in on Dion's Colorado Buffaloes. Travis Hunter is expected to miss the next two games, so he will not make his return for the Buffs this weekend and likely not next week as well. So when does that put him back? Who's the opponent there uh, at that point? So if you're looking at Colorado's schedule, they play Arizona State this weekend, and I actually think they're going to win this weekend and cover the line at Arizona state. I got some good trends on Colorado, actually good trends on, I'll give you this right now. So last week they lost despite gaining 550 plus yards of offense. Think about that. Like when you, when you, when you have that big of a productive day on offense, you normally don't lose that game, right? So 550 or more yards on offense, and then you lose you bounce back the next game over the last 10 years, you're 61.1% ATS in the following game, 58 right. 37. So that's a good news for Colorado here against Arizona state. And then next week they're home against Stanford. And then they go to UCLA on the 28th. So they are projecting that Travis Hunter will be back when they play UCLA at the Rose bowl. Well, and that's the, I mean, if you look at the next three games, that that's the, the, the biggest game that's the uh, yes. the toughest opponent so mm-hmm. if you can get through arizona state and stanford without him and if they, if they do man and and have five wins at that point it's already been a successful season oh sure going to a bowl game is is a huge season for Dion. well and to go to a bowl game they have to win two of these next three games because yes. they're, they're down the stretch it's oregon state arizona's winnable washington state at washington state and at utah I mean, you only really have one winnable game in your last five. So these next two games are must wins for uh, for Colorado. 
You know, every once in a while, I'll be sitting at home and saying, what are we going to cook for dinner? What are we going to cook for? My wife says, I don't know. And then guess what happens? Omaha Steaks comes by and drops meat off on my front porch and makes all the decisions that much easier, Scott. Meat to your front porch? Can't beat it, baby. Doesn't get better than that. I had the meatballs last night, and they were delicious, man. It was easy to cook, reheat in the oven, and bang, dinner is served. It's steaks, it's chicken, it's pork chops, it's it's it meatballs, like you said. They've got sides. So much great stuff. Guys, they've got a great sale going on right now. The Omaha Steaks semi-annual sale is here. It's a sale so nice, they only do it twice. Score mouth-watering savings on all your Omaha Steaks favorites with 50% off site-wide during that semi-annual sale going on right now. From tender, juicy steaks to big, beefy burgers, scrumptious sides, decadent desserts, and so much more, now's the perfect time to grab all your favorites. Plus, get an extra $30 off when you use our promo code VEGAS at checkout, and every purchase is backed by their unconditional money-back guarantee. Simply go to omahasteaks.com and shop the semi-annual sale today. That's omahasteaks.com, promo code VEGAS at checkout. Minimum purchase may apply. Listen, we get it. You're busy. You got work to do, kids to take care of. Got to get to the gym at some point. And make sure you're drinking enough water and figuring out what's for dinner is a whole nother project. Yeah, point is, you're busy. You don't have time for 10 minutes of commercials or scripted dating segments on your morning commute. That's why we created The Morning Show Podcast. I'm Carla Marie. My name is Anthony, and The Morning Show Podcast is a daily podcast aimed at keeping you informed and entertained in under 25 minutes. We kick off every show with the core four. It's the four biggest news stories that you should probably be aware of. And then we continue on with music games, pop culture news. And of course, what's trending, the thing you didn't know you needed until Carla Marie told you about it. Yeah, it's my favorite. You can get the Morning Show podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your shows. Aaron Rodgers is going hard in rehab uh, to come back from his surgically repaired tendon and his Achilles. Well, did you see him walking around MetLife Stadium on Sunday night? I mean, it's, he, it's he was, he was looking good. And there were people who were like, oh, I don't even think he had a real Achilles injury. And well, yeah, I'm pretty sure he, I don't think they'd be lying about it, but he it looked like he was getting around pretty well. Um, Aaron Rodgers thinks that he can be back. And like this said, season. He said, we'll see where we're at in a couple months. Obviously, I'd like us to be alive and winning for that, even being in the conversation. But I don't think it hurts at all to put that into the manifestation zeitgeist. A four-month return. It's a big word. It is. A four-month return would bring back Aaron Rodgers in mid-January. Will the uh, Jets be alive in mid-January? It seems unlikely, but he, he's he's putting it out there into the universe. That's what he does. He is a uh, he believes things and he puts them out there and tries to manifest them. Uh, in fact, he he talked about how intense this uh, this rehab has been and how basically it's his job. But he says there's nothing normal about how he's attacking it. Yeah, I mean, I can address some of that. Number one, I had a deltoid issue, uh, not just the, the torn Achilles. So I had a deltoid issue in my ankle. Um, so the ankle brace actually helps me to uh, to walk a little bit better. Um, I will address something else that I saw where somebody said, this is not the 1950s. This is normal. And <laughs> listen, there's nothing normal about, uh, about how I'm attacking this rehab. Um, there is common practices about six weeks in a boot. Uh, and I was in a shoe in like 13 days. Um, 
again, this is just my mindset. And uh, I believe in the power of intention. Uh, I believe in prayer. Um, I believe in uh, the way that you, uh, you know, your mental status and power of will. Uh, I believe in making room for the miraculous to happen. And I'm not talking about a woo-woo uh, type of spirituality. I'm talking about sometimes miracles are just doing things that people never thought was possible. And I think one of my mantras has been this entire time, really since, you know, I watched Muse and obviously I knew what Kobe went through and I knew that Kobe had surgery the next day and he came back uh, fairly quick. Obviously he had some, you know, some other injuries the year he came back. But my mantra has been just because something has never been done doesn't mean it's not possible. Yeah, and he, he's motivated by the guys he's working out with. In fact, he had some more to say about that on the Pat McAfee show. Um, but the way that I've attacked rehab and the holistic approach I've taken with diet and sleep and recovery and all these different things, um, and obviously I have the privilege of uh, financial means and, and access to incredible uh, PTs um, and, uh, and medical minds, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm approaching this. This is my full-time job, rehab. So my entire focus is uh, to uh, to do things that just haven't been done before. And I hope that in the process that there'll be inspiration for those other guys who are dealing with the same thing. I had to work uh, in rehab with J.K. Dobbins right now, an awesome, awesome kid who's gone through a couple rough injuries the last few years, fantastic player, and had the same surgery as me. And we're both, I think, inspiring each other to uh, to push this thing. His you know, timetable might not be the same as mine. He obviously plays different position. Um, but again, we're trying to, you know, I'm trying to inspire people to, uh, to look at uh, recovery in a different way. And hopefully through this process, uh, you know, I can uh, get back, you know, when it's safe and, and right for me and also inspire people to, uh, to look at this injury as not kind of a death sentence for a career, which at one point it really was. Yes. But to look at it, just another uh, injury that's, uh, that people can come back from and thrive and and come back quicker than than used to be uh, expected or thought. All right, AJ. So let me throw this scenario at you. Okay, looking at the Jets' schedule, they're one and three, and it gets difficult. We know they got games against the Eagles and the Chargers, Bills, Dolphins, all that fun stuff. But let's say the Jets are at a point on December 28th where they have seven wins. Okay. And and now uh, I'll give you the seven wins. So they have one win already against the Bills. Let's go six more wins, okay? Uh, th- they have Broncos this weekend. So Broncos, Giants, that's two. Raiders, three. Falcons, four. Texans, five. Commanders, six. Again, none of these are, are locks. They could lose every single one of those games. Sure. But let's just say if they I'm going to I'm being like safe here and saying that they lose to the Bills, they lose to the Dolphins, lose to the Chargers, lose to the Eagles. But they have seven wins with two games left to play. If Aaron Rodgers is decent enough to be out on the field, would he play against the Browns and the Patriots to try and get the Jets to nine wins? If nine wins gives them a chance, not even a guarantee but a chance at the seven seed. I don't think so. I, I think if the Jets somehow make the playoffs, Aaron Rodgers could play in the playoffs. If it, if it, like if it's a miracle of miracles. Yeah. I think, I mean, listen, Aaron Rodgers is an optimistic dude, and I don't like to tell anybody they can't do something. The idea that he's going to be back in four months from an Achilles surgery is, it's borderline insane. 
if he does yeah, it, it's, then it's I mean, probably it's not like, the best for his long-term health either. He's the oldest player in the National Football League. <laughs> I mean, so if he does that, then I want I, he's Illuminati. That's what we'd have to we'd have to say. Like he's got some sort of secret, uh, it, like there's some wizard who's working on him or something. I don't know, but that's not a normal thing. And I get uh, I'm, it's not a normal approach to rehab. I get that. But people have rehabbed hard before and not come back in four months and played professional football games. If he does it, this will blow my mind. I love that his attitude is I want to be back. But I think the the likelihood that he'll be able to be back in four months is about the same likelihood that the Jets make the playoffs, which is almost zero. Yeah, well, let me throw another thing out here. If the Jets are a playoff team and Aaron Rodgers is healthy enough to come back, is it even the right move? Because if the Jets are a playoff team, that means that something's working out at quarterback, right? Like Zach Wilson's playing good enough that they're winning nine games or ten games to get into the playoffs. So or their defense is absolutely carrying them, which we thought maybe it could for a maybe, while. Like when maybe. they won the Bills game, like if the, if you win seven games the same way you won the Bills game, where Zach Wilson stinks, but your defense wins you the game, and the I, Patriots game was winnable, and Zach Wilson stunk that game, and they could they should have won that game. Yeah. I mean, if, if they, the Jets have to win games in a different way right now than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if the, if the Jets get to the playoffs, I, I don't think it's going to be on Zach Wilson. And if it is, obviously you don't make a change. If Zach Wilson is suddenly playing like a top 15 quarterback for the rest of the season, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you make a change. But the, the, the optimism after that one game, the most recent Jets game, where everybody was like, oh, I really saw something. It's like, dude how many bad games have you seen and now you see one good game and you're like i knew the guy could play it's crazy how quickly people are like zach wilson maybe there's something there but this is the thing aj okay And, and rj's brought this up i've brought this up the jets won seven games last year what's different about this team from last year's team Nothing. If anything, they're better than they were last year, right? The younger players have another year of development. They have other draft picks that are performing well. Zach Wilson's still the same bad quarterback he was last year, and they won seven games in spite of it. So why can't they win seven games this year? Nathaniel Hackett is the uh, offensive coordinator now. (laughs) Okay, well, maybe that's the issue. I mean, I I really believe that there's a... I don't, I, you know, Mike LaFleur, I don't know if he, I, I don't know what he is. I know he's better than Nathaniel Hackett. Okay. Um, it, so it, he's, he's been rough so far. So I would say that's the biggest difference. But uh, again, that the way they won seven games last year was their defense was elite and they ran the ball well. And, and you know, they, they won, they, they made some games ugly and won them. Mm. It, I'm not saying it's impossible. They could do it, but it, it would be pretty shocking. By the way, where's Mike LaFleur this year? He's in L.A. with the Rams, and Puka Nakua is doing what Garrett Wilson did last year. Yeah. So he obviously identifies what to do with some of these wide receivers, and it doesn't matter who's at quarterback. Like, the Jets had terrible quarterback play last year, but yet Garrett Wilson was the offensive rookie of the year, and Puka Nakua is setting all types of records for the the Rams this year and I think it's just maybe it's not a coincidence that LaFleur is the offensive coordinator there Uh, and Mike LaFleur guess what he's going to get presumably next week he might get himself a Cooper Cup a whole new toy to play with Uh, that that Rams offense is looking good yeah maybe the Rams are a team that we shouldn't have automatically considered as one of the bottom five teams in the NFL probably not 
probably not as well. All right. Uh, elsewhere around the NFL, um, speaking of the top teams in the league, well, Jerry Jones says the road to the Super Bowl runs through the 49ers, and that is a huge matchup this Sunday night. Cowboys and Niners in Santa Clara. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, Bill's Dolphins felt like maybe the, the game of the year so far uh, last week. I, I think this is this is right there with it. I mean, this is a matchup of two of the top teams in the in the league, two, but certainly two of the top teams in the NFC, two of the top three at least. Um, so we're going to we're going to really find out something about these teams. We, we've talked about San Francisco and, and their strength of schedule and. We've talked about Dallas and who's going to be calling plays. And it's this is one of the more fascinating matchups. Can the Dallas defense hold up against this 49ers offense that looks like a well-oiled machine right now? Uh, and and can Dallas's offense do anything against that San Francisco defense? Mm. So uh, this is this is one of the more fun games of the week for sure. One of the more fun games of the season. Well, speaking of wide receivers returning, uh, Jamison Williams is back from his gambling ban. Uh, he was uh, out for, you know, I guess over a month, and now he'll be able to uh, practice and play for the Detroit Lions. So maybe a little bit of boost for the Lions offense. Maybe so. And that's what we've talked about. The Lions offense has kind of underperformed. Uh, maybe getting him back out there gives him another weapon, gives him gives him some, uh, some some different looks, gives takes away some attention from Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, and yeah, I'd like to see this Lions offense start playing a little better. And did you see the Giants had two players hurt on their uh tush push play? The I did, center, yeah. The center, uh, John Michael Schmitz and tight end Daniel Bellinger were hurt with the during dur- doing the brotherly shove. You know, it's amazing that no team in the league can actually do it except for the Philadelphia Eagles. I loved the way the Bills did it, where the, Josh Allen turned around, handed the ball off, and then got behind the running back and pushed him in. Yeah. Uh, that's that seems like the smartest way to do it. Keep your quarterback from being in the middle of that sandwich. Let somebody else take the the shots. But they say a lot of that comes from Jalen Hurts, like his his lower body strength. Like he he squats four hundred pounds. He's just a beastly man, and maybe maybe that's part of it. Maybe he just gets that good drive. Yeah, and and maybe, but uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see how more teams try and, at- and and attack this as the season progresses. But no one can do it like the Philadelphia Eagles. In other news, the Buffalo Bills, Von Miller trying to get back for Week Five. He said, "If I was a betting man, you'll see me play in London uh, Week Five. Obviously, coming back from an ACL that he tore uh, in on Thanksgiving. Um, boy, it'd be a, it'd be a quick comeback." Uh, but his, it, it, you know, this week the team opened up his 21-day practice window, and they're going to take it. You know, they're going to take it slow. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing he doesn't play this week, but it would obviously be a big boost to a defense that just lost a major piece on the back end in Tre'Davious mm-hmm. White. Uh, it, I mean, certainly having more pass rush helps, and he, he's one of the best in the game. Bills five and a half point favorites in London against the Jaguars. Make sure you guys are heading to pregame.com and taking advantage of the daily packages that we have available. The Major League Baseball postseason is in full swing. We have daily best bets going on at pregame.com. And then we mentioned it before, 50 straight days of football starts tonight. And so you can get a daily best bet for all 50 days. And the best part about it is you can use the promo codes we give out on all of our podcasts, including this one, where we are going to let you save $15. You can take $15 off anything at pregame.com using our promo code TAYLOR15. Yes, 
Taylor 15. I think we all know what that stands for. Taylor 15. It's a promo code. Taylor's version. Taylor 15 <laughs> will let you save $15 at freegame.com. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.